Part of the biggest issue that we have why women are so afraid to hold up a boundary or to say no is because as women, we've been conditioned to be liked more than anything. I mean, everyone's greatest core fear is to be left, to, to be left, to be abandoned. Like every single human has this fear. And so when you think about the greatest fear that we have in saying no to someone is that we're going to be rejected from, from the tribe, that we're going to be abandoned. We're going to be alone. Like, and I think why men don't fear this as much is they've just been conditioned differently since childhood. Boys are allowed to say no and allowed to be predatory and girls are supposed to be quiet and nice and light. It's we're rewarded. It's like a conditioned response. It's like we get praised for that. And so women are not typically conditioned to be like, no, here's my boundary. Here's my line in the sand. I'm 42 years old and I'm only starting to figure this out now. This is Impact, the podcast where we explore entrepreneurship, mindset, and health to provide you with the ingredients for an unregrettable version of your life story. Running a practice is hard. There's always just so much to do. I want you to have more time to focus on the parts of your practice that fuel you, like helping people, and spend less time on tedious, soul-sucking admin work. That's why I recommend Practice Better in my Clinician Business Labs program. Practice Better is a complete practice management software for health and wellness professionals who want to scale their practice without the burnout. Practice Better was founded for practitioners by practitioners, and they understand what it takes to build your dream practice. Whether you're looking for your next client or growing your team, Practice Better is here to help make scaling your practice easier while helping you maintain your boundaries. Practice Better helps automate your booking, charting, and invoicing. But it's also way more than that. Creating protocols and treatment plans and tracking your client's progress is easier than ever. So your clients can be engaged in every step of their plan and you can provide a high level of care without burning out. Practice Better also integrates with your other favorite software so that your client data and recommendations sync securely and seamlessly. You can import data and results easily from lab orders, online dispensaries, fitness trackers, and even integrate Practice Better with your email and marketing funnels. And with their programs feature, you have everything you need to build and run an automated group program so that you can earn additional income all in one streamlined software. You'll also become part of a global community of wellness professionals who you can learn and grow with. So if you're a health and wellness professional looking to manage your practice with ease, get started with any Practice Better plan for free for 14 days. And as an exclusive offer for our listeners, get 30% off your first three months on any paid plan when you use the promo code MEGAN30 at checkout. It's time to say goodbye to a patchwork of software and hello to an organized and efficient practice. So a few weeks ago, I joined one of my friends for wine coffee. Now, wine coffee is not a simultaneous beverage. It is two beverages that in this case were occurring concurrently. It was one of those kind of gatherings where we transitioned rather rapidly from coffee to wine. And it was like a beautiful girlfriend ketchup. I had this ketchup with one of the guests we've had on the program before and a very dear friend, Adele Tevlin. And we talked about our year and got caught up on all the things that were going on uh, behind the scenes in our lives. And somehow we segued to this conversation around our clients and friction points in our business. And I shared, as I have shared on the podcast, that one of the friction points that we are working hard to resolve and have new frameworks for moving forward 
is really just how we manage situations when people just decide they don't want to pay for things anymore that they have committed to pay for. And if you want more on this, we've been I've been talking about this all all season and and how we're having those conversations. And Adele and I had a really beautiful conversation around this. She mentored me around solutions. I shared with her some of the things that we were doing. And what really emerged from this conversation is how do we learn to exist in a place of integrity as business owners, and in particular, as women in business? We both felt strongly and continue to feel strongly that women were socialized differently than... And girls were socialized differently than boys, certainly in our area. We're the same age, roughly in terms of you know what good girls do and what strong boys do and how they interact. And what we realized is that when it came to money, one, a lot of women were not privileged enough to have conversations related to money and money management and how to handle the emotionality of having money or not having money um, or feeling stress and strain around money. And what happens is it, it evokes and triggers shadow behaviors and shadow behaviors that are not necessarily becoming and shadow behaviors that are an amazing opportunity to learn from and be able to evolve from. And that really is the place from which we have this conversation today. So I already shared, I'm joined by my friend Adele Tevlin. Adele is a mindset coach. She is a holistic nutritionist. She is trained in CBT, works with female entrepreneurs, really in enabling them to evolve their mindset. They're a mindset for impact and growth. She has really compelling and innovative uh, programming. And I always love and enjoy having conversations with her. And so it is based on our wine coffee date that this conversation emerged. And what we're going to talk about here is we are going to talk about what happens when we step into that wounded feminine place. What happens when we don't have tools and language to lean into conversations? What happens when we are confronted with someone else's boundaries and they're not working for us and what we need and want? And how can we approach those conversations from an evolved, non-triggering place? Some of you are going to get triggered right out of the gate. Others are going to lean in with a state of curiosity. I'm going to invite everybody into this conversation. It's totally real. It's where we are at in our business. It's some of the things that are are significant friction points for us in our business. And they are, or they will be, uh, friction points for you as well. So in the spirit of we can all grow better and do better when we know better, I want to invite you into a conversation around difficult conversations, around shadow behaviors, around being able to act from a place of integrity and the types of tools that are available to all of us and that are at all of our disposal as business owners and leaders and parents trying to create awesome humans in the world. So without further ado, it is with great excitement and joy that I welcome back my friend, Adele Tevlin. Adele Tevlin, welcome back to Impact. Hello, Dr. Walker. We love to call you Dr. Walker around here. <laughs> you two are just so funny. Um, okay, so I want to recap and bring everyone up to speed because here's the essence of how this conversation is is happening. And then, then you can just like give people... I feel like everyone knows who we've been hanging out. We've been hanging out on the podcasts uh, for a long time. But um, that's okay. Not everyone does. And so we'll give them an opportunity to hear a little bit about your story. But I don't know, probably four weeks ago, you and I got together and we hadn't seen each other for a while. And I think we were drinking both espresso and wine in the same uh, in the same catch-up date. 
that's how long it went and the vibe. One of the things we were just talking about was the energetics and the energy and the way uh, women do business. And when women do business in this really positive way, it's amazing and it is loving. And it's, I don't know the opposite of bro-ish, but it's not that. And it's beautiful and synergistic. And there's these sacred contracts and all of these things. And it's a new form of leadership. And then there's this other side of how women and the feminine energy does business. I want to be specific here that I'm talking about that energy. That has been uh, really challenging and problematic for me. And that's what I laid down on the table. And then we sat there and we're like, we should do a podcast on it. And so now here, bringing you up to speed. And that part that was problematic, if you've been hanging out with me the last few weeks, I've been talking about this. I talked about being really burnt out at the end of 2022. And it was because I was just constantly like managing other people's emotional projections onto me, specifically around money. And we, Adele, you and I got into this conversation around money and manipulation and what we do. I'm going to say in the feminine energy, but maybe as women, because we're socialized uh, that way. And I'm not meaning to generalize, but I'm going to use general language. We haven't been taught how to manage it when we're like our backs up against the wall. We're like, I don't know what, I don't know what to do. And so we do this like lash out thing as opposed to being solution oriented. And we're going to get into all of that. How do we show up? with integrity as leaders, as business owners, as individuals who want to have massive impact in this world, when our back is up against the wall, we're feeling a little bit stressed because I love that all of you are nice when everything's hunky-dory and rosy. And then I also want you to have tools and skills that you can pull from um, when shit's hitting the fan. So we're going to start this conversation with where one would be when shit hits the fan. And with that like beautiful visual... (laughs) Uh, what we're going to do is I'm going to segue over to uh, to Adele, because uh, this is really where, like, I think this is the wine part. Uh, you were, like, biting at the chop. You're like, well, I got stuff to say on this. Like, we just did a program on this. This is, like, this is my jam. So, yeah. Adele, with that note, with that visual, yeah. I brought you up to, I brought you up to speed. This is your jam. Give, give my audience a little bit of context on who you are, yeah. why this is something you love to talk about. And then we are literally going to jam this out. We're going to give people tools and uh, we're going to stop it. We're just going to stop this behavior in its tracks. Oh my God. When we were having coffee and wine, at the same time. <laughs> like literally the way one nibbles on bread and then has a sip of wine was how we were doing coffee and wine. I, I really want this to be a conversation that the listeners are listening to us having like a chat over wine mm-hmm. or coffee, mm-hmm. where it's like, it's going to be unscripted. It might be unsexy at times. It might be people might not like what they're hearing. But if you can listen to this from this place of like, You've got two successful entrepreneurs who also happen to be friends and colleagues having real conversations about real things that trouble us and plague us and take that from the perspective of like, wow, this is like a million dollar conversation because people often want to hear what we talk about. Mm -hmm. This is like a behind the scenes conversation. A little bit about me for those that don't know me is I am a mindset coach kind of in simplest terms. I, I do a variety of different programs and I just came off of a program which is was called the rise of the Phoenix, which basically talked all about feminine leadership and the shadow side and all the things. So we'll talk about that, but I'm a mindset coach. I help, I specifically help people with their success mindset, their money mindset. We do a lot of healing work on the inner child piece because it's kind of like, we got to change the root cause of the belief system to change the results. You know, I worked on Bay street for 15 years and I started my online business back in 
2019 and I had a very similar story to Dr. Walker and we've been friends for a really long time. I was running a business on Bay Street as a clinician uh, for a really long time and I was barely able to make ends meet for myself, even though I was successful on paper. And actually my business was doing quite the year that I actually decided to close it down. We had made like $350,000 that year. I don't know where any of it went. That's how I was at running a business. I was like, where's this money? And I was burnt out. I was not liking what I was doing. I felt very unfulfilled. I felt very defeated. And I had what I call a come to Jesus moment where my knees hit the ground. It came home from work. I'll never forget that day. It was like November 16, 2019, just before the just before the pandemic, came home to Dave, who was my boyfriend at the time. We had just started dating. I think we were like two months into our relationship. He's now my husband. I came home and he came home from work that day and he came and I was lying on the couch in the fetal position, Megan. I was literally crying, basically sucking my thumb. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I can't do Bay Street. I can't do my clinic. I can't do my clients. I can't do men, you know, trying to hit on me to see, like to, to work with me to see if something else, like, like the universe was basically like, get out of this. And like, let me send you all the most crazy scenarios for you to open your fucking eyes. And I remember I made a decision in that moment. I said, I think I'm going to stop my lease as of December. And I, I got to leave and I don't know what I'm going to do, but I can't do this anymore. And I, and Dave said to me, okay. And I said, I need you to loan me. And this is how crazy it is, Megan, when people, people need to understand, like I was where they are not that long ago. I was like, I couldn't pay my team that month. I think I needed five him to float me five grand to like basically pay my team and give myself a little money. Okay. Hyper embarrassing, but it was what happened. So that happened, closed my office down and decided to start my CEO blueprint online business. And then the pandemic hit and this all happened at the same time. And the point of the story is that like within that first eight months from making the bold move to close down my, my clinic because it was no longer making me happy and to actually start to go online and to build an online business. And Dave helped me build all that from scratch. We went, we hit our first seven figures that year. It was crazy. And so much of that behind the scenes for people to understand is I invested so heavily in my mindset that year. I was like, the way that I'm doing shit's not working. I'm basically burnt out and broke, even though my, my business is making money. I made a declaration to myself that year that I was going to learn everything there need, I needed to learn about money, about mindset, about the universe, about quantum physics. And I became like a disciple of this work. I have since built a multi-seven-figure business online doing what I love and all the things. So that's a little bit of a backstory about me. And so I have so much reverence for the work, but I also have so much understanding and compassion for clinicians who are like banging their head against the wall because I was that person. But I also realized that something drastic needed to change for things to change. Like sometimes you just do need your, your knees to hit the ground. To your question, Megs, about the shadow side of women in business. So like we can kind of pivot to that because we've all been there. And I want for people to listen to this. It can be highly triggering because the shadow side doesn't want to hear about the shadow side, right? Our ego doesn't want to hear that women, when they're in their fractured feminine, which we'll talk about because you talked, you were saying the feminine, and I actually would say that it's not the healthy feminine that acts this way. It's the fractured feminine that acts this way. The fractured feminine, when she is, her back is against the wall, when the wounded feminine or the fractured feminine feels, when she's out of integrity, she goes into being manipulative. And I think that's what you and I were talking about over coffee. It's like, mm -hmm. 
if you, and I talked about this in my previous, my program in January, the rise of the Phoenix, I was talking about how like, and you are married to a man and I am married to a man. And it's like, men don't do business this way. When a man signs a contract with a man, for the most part, again, we're generalizing. We're not talking about the off side that it doesn't happen. But for the most part, when a man signs a contract with a man or they, they shake their hands, they're in agreement, notwithstanding if they change their mind. And what I have found with women when they're in their wounded, when I, and what I mean by wounded is this, like all of us have both the shadow side and the healthy side or the wounded side and the healthy side or the mature side and the immature side, whatever you, whatever words you want to use interchangeably. When a woman is in her healthy feminine, she's powerful. When she's in her divine feminine, she's grounded. She's powerful. She's full of integrity. She's, she's, she's in her most mature state. But when a woman is in her fractured feminine and she's her, got her back up in the wall against the wall or she's triggered, she goes into things like being a victim. She goes into behaviors like manipulation. She goes into behaviors like the damsel in distress. And P.S., Megan, you've done it too. I've done it. I used to live my life like that. When a woman is in her fractured feminine, okay, and she's in the victim or she's in the martyr or she's in the manipulation or she goes into her fractured masculine and she toggles between the the masculine, the fractured masculine is domination, control, anger, manipulation, and the fractured feminine is the wounded damsel in distress, the victim. When we're not in our healthy state, when we're in our shadow side, when the ego is dominating, when we're out of integrity, we're not we're not keeping our word, we toggle between those two states, those two poles. And how that shows up, and you can share your like your examples, is a woman will sign a contract with another woman to do business, and the minute they change their mind or they have an emotional, something emotionally changes with them, they want to stop their payments or they want to break their word. This has just happened to me recently as well. And it's like, you've signed a contract that says a no refund policy. You signed that. You chose to work with me knowing that I don't do refunds. Now, there are tons of coaches that do refunds. I don't. You signed a contract. The minute something happened that you didn't like, or you changed your mind, or you had a conversation with a shaman on the top of a mountain, and the shaman told, like, whatever the story is, I'm not even fucking kidding you. These are the stories. Megan, I am not kidding you. No one said that to me once. A shaman told me not to, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And you then take... I paid him cash. I paid him cash, yes. (laughs) The shaman who I paid cash told me that I shouldn't do this Yet you signed a contract, you paid in full, you made those choices, you acted out of your own goodwill. And now the minute you've changed your mind because you're actually scared or you're out of integrity, I have to eat your out of integrity. And what's worse, Megan, is the greatest way to get a woman for you, let's say like you and I are working together and I want out of the contract, okay? The best way for me to do that is to make you feel like a bad person. Yeah. To say things like, what is the thing that you just said to before we were recording? Like someone said, you are what? Predatory. Oh, predatory. But it's like, let's say, and I, again, I'm being radically honest because this is exactly the course that I taught. And this is exactly the experiences that I've had. And this is every mentor I've ever worked with. That's a female has had these experiences. This cannot be a coincidence. If you signed up to work with Tony Robbins or Joe Dispenza or some other male, 
would you tell him the shaman that you paid cash told you not to do? Like, I feel like women wouldn't even go there. So why do we go there with each other? And I think some people in their minds will say, well, there's a few triggers already. So one, they'll be like, I thought this was a safe space where I could share, I could share my truth is like one narrative that I've heard at this junction. And then the other piece is the way I have consistently seen, and sometimes this is just sophistication in business. Like you just haven't been in business long enough. And so you find these things triggering. The contracts themselves are very triggering for people. Oh, well, like, you know what? If we're both in integrity, like maybe we just don't have to sign. Uh, We don't have to sign anything. Like that just feels so cold. Do you know what I mean? That's just so cold. And you know, I'm I'm kind of paraphrasing that, but we'll get into this. But I just want to, I just want to share, like, I really view contracts as like these sacred tools that give you guidance when you are questioning yourself or you talk to a shaman on the top of a mountain or whatever your situation happens to be. Like, I think I've talked about this on the podcast before. I have a prenup with my husband. That wasn't like a cold thing. I don't trust the love. That was, let's have a guiding light tool so that if this dissolves and there's a 50% chance in my logical brain that that is a possibility, even though in my like soul, it doesn't feel like it. This is a tool that provides guidance that is created from a place of integrity that enables us to interact from a place of integrity that honors both people so that we're not actually bringing manipulative emotions to the table. That to me is the value and energy of a sacred contract, which is how I view my contracts, which is why I'm pretty sure I was, I I don't actually care what you call me, but when we have a contract and then you try to Mm -hmm. uh, call me names to get out of it, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm kind of pissed about it because uh, like, it really is a sacred thing for me. This is amazing. And so here's the thing. There's so many things that you're saying that are amazing. Number one, I too have a prenup with my husband, not because I don't love my husband, but because there needs to be, and this is again, a big part of what I taught in this program was like, we need to have the level of emotional maturity to listen to this conversation without going to being triggered as our first sign of defense. Like we have to move beyond being triggered and go, What's the truth in what these people are saying? What what can I take away from this that feels like this could help me move forward in my life? I also never had contracts in my business before because I, I wasn't at like a seasoned entrepreneur, like you said. But what happens over time, same thing with a prenup. A prenup to me is protecting Dave and I both together. Mm-hmm. Contract that I would sign with Megan to work with her protects not just her, it protects both of us. And we have signed contracts. I want people to know like, We'll sit and jam it out with a glass of wine. And then when we're like doing affiliate stuff, like we're like, here are the terms of use. So everybody understands. Of course. It all it is, is like, it's clarity. It's clarity mm-hmm. because here's the thing, Megan, when people are triggered, intelligence is low. That's how the limbic system works. So it, it's like, it's all, like you said, it's all, it's all unicorns and rainbows when we're happy. But the minute that something goes wrong, all of us, our primordial mind will go into defensiveness or reaction. So our intelligence is actually low. The contract is there to serve as that sacred template, no matter what the circumstances are. It's no mm-hmm. different than a prenup. It's like, it's great when you get married and you love each other to say, oh, we're going to be amazing to each other. But then something happens in your life and things change. You should be protecting yourself and your assets, both of you anyway. To your point, a contract to me is a sacred, it's a sacred thing that we both get to choose to sign. So what does that mean? So I'm of the mind like this. You, there are 
thousands of people in the world you could work with. There's thousands and millions of naturopaths and millions of coaches and millions of business coaches and like millions of therapists. And there's all these people in the world that you can work with. Okay. So let's say 50% of those people don't want to have contracts and 50% of them do. You get to choose to, if you don't want to sign a contract because that feels cold to you and that's totally your prerogative, don't choose to work with a coach that requires the contract. Yeah. Okay. It's like me going to the bank and saying, I would like a mortgage, but I don't want to pay the mortgage the way that you want me to pay the mortgage. They would say, well, you can't get a mortgage here. I can't say I choose to pay my mortgage this month. I choose not to because the shaman told me not to. The the bank would say, we are repossessing your home. Sayonara. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. what I'm trying to enforce here is this. I feel like a big part of my mission on this planet, like my soul-driven mission, is to help women bring more money in the hands of women so we could do more good. And for more women to have more money in their hands, we need to be really good at business. And for us to be really good at business, we have to have business acumen. And none of us were taught business acumen because I didn't go to MBA school. I'm I'm a therapist. I'm a clinician. I didn't know anything about this. And how I learned to become savvy in business over the last five years was I started my online business and I learned all the things that I was doing wrong (laughs) and all the ways I was, I was getting fucked over. And because of those, those things that happened, I was like, Oh, I need a contract. Wonderful. So that contract became like a, a template for me. And then the next thing would happen where something would happen. And I'm like, Oh, I never thought of that. I need a contract about that. And then all those experiences that happened along the way, gave me feedback and data to say, you're an entrepreneur, you're a business, just like you need a legal license to practice medicine. You need these contracts in place to not just protect you, but to protect the people that are working with you. Totally makes sense. I think it's about change. It's like reframing, like contracts are not cold. It's kind of like what I would say. And I taught this the other day too. It's like, Boundaries are an act of love that you do for you and the other person. So what what do I mean by that? Like, let me give you a for instance, because part of even what you said, how people are like defaulting on payments and still want access to things. Or, you know, I had a woman that, you know, um, something that recently happened where had signed a contract, wanted it, wanted a refund, wanted back in. Like it, it was this crazy situation. And one of the things that I've learned is that when I'm a pushover, when I have been historically a pushover in my life, a few things have happened. It has diminished my own self-worth and self-esteem and self-confidence. And it's also not taught other people to step into their power. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like the easiest solution is to manipulate and try to get your way. Does that make sense when I say that? Totally. That's like primordial brain. Primordial brain is I'm not happy with something. I'm going to have a temper tantrum. I'm going to try to get my money back. And then I'm going to like talk shit about this person on the internet. And we've all been there again. I'm not judging because like, I am far from perfect. I have literally had to teach myself these things because I was on some level, this person at some point in my life. So I want no one here to feel like any judgment. I have so much compassion because when all of us are triggered, we resort to this brain, this limbic system. But I loved what you were saying there about this idea that when you, when you hold that boundary or you set the standard for engagement, you then give that person a guidepost for how to hold that space themselves. So in my last program that I did, The Rise of the Phoenix, I did a whole module on boundaries, okay? And 
it was all women in the group and we were talking about the shadow side of ourselves and the ways that we've manipulated in the past to get our needs met. And it was a really safe container because what we saw is that we're all so similar. Okay. We haven't been taught to not do it this way to your point. So what happened was one of the homework pieces was that I gave people when I explained my distinction of boundaries is it's an act of love that you do both for yourself and other people. You raise them up to a higher standard in holding a boundary. Okay. So my boundary could be no refunds. My boundary could be 48 hour cancellation fee. My boundary could be, I don't answer emails after eight. My boundary could be, I don't work on the weekends, whatever your boundaries are. And in fact, as people are listening, you want, you want to know that you actually don't need a lot of boundaries because when you have the right boundaries, people typically don't cross them. Okay. When you're clear about articulating your boundaries, you don't need 25 boundaries. You literally could have like five things in your business that become like a terms and conditions. So I explained this whole distinction and, and it was really powerful. And I had as a piece of homework, people in the group, and there were like over 50 women in this program. I said, part of your homework is to ask yourself, where have I ever crossed another woman's boundaries in business? And how did that leave you feeling? Okay. It's mm, good. Mm-hmm. How did it leave them feeling? How, like think of a time when you've crossed another b- female business. And we didn't even talk about males because this was like a women's program about the mm-hmm. thing we're talking about. And I said, and how did it leave you feeling? And then posted in the Facebook group. Okay. I'm no word of a lie. And this gives me, I actually have goosebumps. And my nipples just got hard. (laughs) Real talk here on Impact. (laughs) That's when you know it's truth, when those things get hard, okay? Let's be honest. That's actually how we know it's true. It's not goosebumps. It's nipple hardness. Okay. As you were, we did the exercise. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I did the exercise. We did the exercise. And... The, we had been in post these stories and it was so beautiful, but here's the cool, the cool thing. So many people that were in the program have been my participants for the last three to four years. They've been in various programs with me. They're currently in my work. I love them. I adore them. They're part of my community. And there was two or three women that posted the examples they gave were when they tried to cross my boundary in business, like wanted a refund on something. And we, my team and, and I told them, no, with love, here's the contract. And they leveled up and they literally wrote across Adele's boundary. And it made me feel so terrible. It made me feel so out of integrity. Like I learned so much from that experience when Adele told me no, because it had me really step into my integrity. I learned like it was profound to have that mirror of like, and I was, I was this place of safety, no judgment. Like it was like every one of them said a similar thing. Mm -hmm. And it had me actually see like, there is this like sisterhood that we have when we can have the safe, these kinds of conversations without being triggered and judging in and whatever, and just go, wow, we've all tried to break a woman's boundaries in business. And it left us feeling disempowered. Mm-hmm. That when and if I would have said my point to the story too is Megan if I would have said in those situations because I remember how I felt when these people were trying to break the boundary if I would have just said fuck it it's easier to just give them their money back seriously because it is sometimes yeah I know I've done that far too many times yeah it's sometimes easier to go like you know what forget it here's your money but I was like what am I actually telling the world the 
world of business? What am I telling my consciousness? If I don't uphold my contract, my contract means nothing. Mm -hmm. And for me, my word is law. So in me saying no to them, which PS for the listeners listening was really hard to do. It required me to step into the next level of my leadership. It required another level of emotional mastery maturity. It required another level of emotional regulation. It required meditation. It required reparenting myself. Like it required a lot of tools to be like, Mm -hmm. I love this person. They they're upset about something. They're getting nasty. They want their money back, but they've signed an agreement. And like, what am I going to do here? And in the end, I actually stood firmly in my Mm-hmm. Story, we can't do that. This is the agreement, and these are the policies. Guess what happened? Not only did they learn something, they stayed and bought the next freaking program. Mm-hmm. They told me in that post, it made me respect Adele as an entrepreneur, like as a leader, as a business owner, as a woman, as a mother. Like, we are women, we are mothers, we are wives, mm-hmm. some of us. We, we wear so many hats and I really do believe that when we can heal collectively as women, how we treat each other, both in and outside of business, but we're talking about business specifically, I think we have the power to really change not just the world, but the fabric of how women do business together and the impact that we can have because seven and leadership is on the rise, like big time. Like the, if you even look at like the Harvard review, like more women are graduating university and medical school than ever before. Women are the ones that are going to be in power. But if we keep tearing each other down and not honoring each other's words and contracts and calling each other bitches or all other kinds of names, the minute we don't get what we want, what are we doing? We're the ones tearing each other down. A hundred percent. And it's so interesting because once you hang out in that space, in that space of people asking and you holding that integrity long enough, all of our fears around it actually start to dissolve. Like mm. I know when I first, the first few times this happened and I say it like people ask me this all the time. Listen, they generally say in online business that like you'll have 10% of your transactions that attempt to go through will either like fail because of a credit card issue or something else. So like, it's not, there's also a law of averages here. It's just, these are the conversations that happen when you follow up on those mm-hmm. uh those elements i think a lot of us one we get really scared about like what people might say mm-hmm. about us like there's a tangible okay i hear what you're saying but like if they leave a bad uh google review mm-hmm. then uh that's that's gonna be a problem uh maybe i mean you run that risk every single day if someone's upset with you yeah. um and so there's lots of copy and ways to manage it but i would like i've been called and i don't even know who called me these things because i don't can i don't attach these yeah. elements or sometimes my team will just be like megan can we get language for this but i've been called predatory i've been called a cult leader yep. uh, i've been told recently like oh if you make me pay this it will devastate me and my family financially like all these things that got projected and i was like listen i'm just gonna actually uphold the sacredness of the contract that we uh, pulled together. And also here are all the tools. Mm -hmm. uh, So you can be successful to be able to remediate the situation uh, for yourself. When this, when this, like the first time I encountered any of these pieces, I did find it really triggering, but I partly found it really triggering because it moved me into a place of questioning Mm -hmm. my own value or my own self-worth or the integrity of my own programming. I'm like, Oh gosh, if they asked for that, maybe like maybe my stuff doesn't work. Maybe I should. And then I realized, oh, like this is just a law of averages. Just like you're going to have some people knock it out of the park. Yeah. But you're also going to have people who 
get stuck or have life circumstances. And, and, you know, we already want to talk about because there's nuance in every conversation. They're not black and white is how do we have, how do we have boundaries? Mm -hmm. Cause I know we all are like, I want to have boundaries. I want to be able to say no. And also like, how do we, how do we hold a space for compassion or being solution oriented or maybe being like, yes, you have to pay me, but here's how, like, how have you gone about that in your own business? This is so good because this is literally like, this is exactly what I talked about. And also so many things have happened in 2023 that have actually created the context for this. So there's a couple of things I wanted to say before I answer that because I was making some notes as you were talking. Part of the biggest issue that we have why women are so afraid to hold up a boundary or to say no is because as women, we've been conditioned to be liked more than anything. When you think about our greatest core fear uh, for everybody is abandonment. I mean, everyone's greatest core fear is to be left, to, to be left, to be abandoned. Like every single human has this fear. And so when you think about the greatest fear that we have in saying no to someone is that we're going to be rejected from from the tribe that we're going to be abandoned we're going to be alone like that is really what's going on when you think about and i think why men don't fear this as much is they've just been conditioned differently since childhood i'm talking again we're talking about gender traditionally i'm not i'm not talking about the way things are maybe now but i'm talking about like when we were raised it was like boys are allowed to say no and allowed to be predatory and girls are supposed to be quiet and nice and light and we're rewarded for each of those behaviors. It's reward, it's we're rewarded. It's like a conditioned response. It's like we get praised for that. And so women are not typically conditioned to be like, no, here's my boundary. Here's my line in the sand. So this is like, that's why I have so much compassion for us. This is why I led a whole freaking program for three weeks about it because I only learned this stuff. Like I'm 42 years old and I'm only starting to figure this out now. We weren't taught this way. So I, I want people as they listen to this, like it's not easy. It sounds like we're saying that it's easy and it's not easy. It requires a deeper understanding of like the way that we've been conditioned, the way that most of us have been taught as women to be nice and to be liked and to be quiet and to be small and to fit into spaces and not to take up too much room. The other thing is to your answer your question about boundaries versus compassion. So I want to collapse. I want to actually distinguish this because I, I really want there to be a paradigm shift around how people view boundaries. Boundaries are compassionate. Boundaries are an act of love. Boundaries are a communion between two people that says, I respect you. You respect me. We're going to act in the highest and best good of both people. That to me is what a boundary is. A boundary is not harsh. A boundary is not cruel. A boundary is not mean. A boundary is not all those things. That's how we've been conditioned to things boundaries are because How most people put down boundaries, Megan, is they get pissed off and then they say, fuck you. That's not a boundary. A boundary is not a reaction to something. A boundary is, is, think of it this way, Megan. It's an electric fence. It's not, yeah, exactly. But this is actually how I distinguish it in my, in my program. I tell me something that you feel is a deal breaker. It's like literally part of your value system. Like, like a boundary would be something like if your husband cheated on you, you would end the marriage. It's like a code of conduct. Mm -hmm. For me, a boundary is like, I don't tolerate racism as an example. So it's like a hard line for me around certain things. Like, like if you were to cheat on me or if you were to call me an ant, if you were anti-Semitic or there's certain things where it's like, no, no, there's no, there's no black and white here. This is the boundary. Does that make sense? 
part of it you have to understand is like all of us have these inherent value systems that when they're crossed, we know how we feel. They shouldn't be a reaction or an anger. There's nothing angry or reactive about it. It's it's kind of like, this is my self-esteem. This is my self-regard. This is my self-worth. These are the things that matter to me. These are the four or five boundaries that I have in my life that when they're crossed, there are repercussions. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. So I, because I want people to distinguish the difference between a boundary and a standard. So sometimes people collapse those two. A standard would be to say, I want my husband to buy me flowers every Friday, but if he doesn't buy me flowers, I'm not divorcing him. Okay. A boundary is my husband and I are in a, in a monogamous relationship where if either one of us stepped out of the marriage, the other person would have the right to leave the marriage. Do you see the distinction between those two things? I just want to be really clear. Flowers are bound. <laughs> like now that you've planted that seed, I'm going to articulate that. boundary. Greg, if you don't buy me flowers, I'm done. No, but it's like most people operate their business with standards rather than boundaries. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I'm trying to articulate. Okay. Now to answer your next point though, how do you hold a boundary, but also have compassion for extreme extenuating circumstances? So my rule is this. It's a 95%, 5% rule. Okay. So what do I mean? 95% of the time, my boundary is my boundary. Like for example, no refunds. Okay. People pay for a program. It's a no refund policy. They sign a contract. Let's say, and then there's the 5% is extending circumstances, which has happened to me this year. That is where I get, I give myself, Megan, the grace and the space to have intuition, compassion, and an understanding of this situation feels different for me. I want to bend the rule here. I want to create a a, a secondary option. I want to come up with a strategy. I want to think of a win-win-win. This feels to me like there's something inside of this 5% that this is going to fall into, and it gets to be based on my understanding of the situation, my relationship with that client, the overall, like that's where it gives me grace. Does that make sense? Yes. And I will just add to that, that, you know, if, if you are, if you're having to navigate someone else's boundaries in business, uh, a really compelling approach might not be to label that person, all the names and all the things they're doing to you, because it's actually not true. It's a situation you put yourself into, but walk into the conversation and say, listen, I really want to be solution oriented about this. Here's my situation. Mm -hmm. And the truth is nine times out of 10, that's actually not how it's approached. No, because there's like a part two of this conversation, which is how to have difficult conversations because mm-hmm. uh, we're not good at that. So I think sometimes we resort to the manipulation because it saves us from having to have a challenging conversation. And in our own mind, it reconciles the situation to make it Adele's fault. Yes. So we want, we can go home and we can be like, honey, I tried to get out of that contract and she won't let me. And she is awful. And she is all of those things instead of just like, okay, Let's have a, let's have like a, an adult conversation here. It, it can be a challenging conversation, which is to me just part of adulting. And let's be solution. Let's be solution oriented. And I, I you know, I kind of want to, I want to leave people with that. I know you'll have things to say on that, but as you grow in your business and as you grow in life, you are going to have to have challenging conversations or manipulative situations. Yeah. And so get, just get the tools, like get 
get the tools. I talk to the, my kids about this all the time. I'm like, you're going to have to face these 10 difficult situations in life. So let's load you up yeah. with all sorts of curriculum and opportunity to practice them yeah. so that you don't resort to these, these shadow tools. Yeah. Cause you don't, you don't know how to just like walk into, totally. into the room. Okay. So, so much of what you said was, was brilliant. Let me speak to the first part. The truth is this, if you think about the 95, 5%, you've got your boundaries and you uphold them for 95 and you give yourself 5% grace to be solution oriented in those situations that feel intuitively like you want to. The truth is this, Megan. Okay. And tell me if I'm, if someone actually came to you and said, listen, I'm having a really hard time paying this. I'm really embarrassed. I feel really out of integrity. Is there something that you and I could create that would work? Would you not be like, of course, but to your point, 99% of the time, that's not how it's approached. It's approached with, I don't like how you did this. This is not what I signed up for. You're the worst. I'm right. You're wrong. I get to be the, whatever. And then it's like, let's try to be solution oriented. And then both people have their back against the wall. To your point, and maybe this could be part two of something we record because it is actually what I taught in this last program. There's something I have as a tool called the powerful communication tool. And the powerful communication tool is how to have a hard conversation with anyone. And these are not things that we're taught as children. These are not things that we're taught even in adulting. Most people don't know how to exercise a conversation around what their needs are and how to get their needs met. Most people don't know how to actually say, listen, this is on me. I'm the one that signed this contract and I shouldn't have, or I'm the one that did this and I'm now in a bad state. Like, can we talk? We're not taught that. We're taught to project out. We're taught to blame. We're taught to uh, go into these like manipulative behaviors when, you know, when we're scared, we're taught all these things. And then we're put in this position where we've now put the other person's back up against the wall and it's the whole thing is a mess. So to your point, I actually feel like if we learn the tools to communicate what's actually so for us, the truth, that is still a place of integrity. And that's what I want people to really understand. For me, integrity is honoring your word. It's not a being a good or bad person. There's no morality here. Integrity is saying it is even an integrity for me, for someone to come to me and say, look, I know I signed this contract. I love working with you. This is nothing to do with you. I'm in a bad position financially. Is there something we can do? Has way more integrity than pretending that it's someone else's fault. It makes sense. And that you have to clean up the mess. Mm -hmm. So integrity is not morality. It's not Adele's a good person because she has integrity or she's a bad person. Integrity is simply, I'm either honoring my word in this or I'm not. I'm either have to restore my integrity because I didn't honor my word or I didn't. I'm either going to fulfill my contract because that's my word, or I'm going to try to have a solution focused conversation. That's still integrity. The reason I'm loving this conversation so much and why I'm happy we're we're sharing our our coffee chat because this is exactly how it goes where we're both like oh my gosh and this and this and it just like it it just elevates it's like a pickleball game that just keeps elevating where we're vibrating um it's energetic pickleball anyway sometimes i shouldn't open my mouth but that's exactly what it is and so you know as you're listening to this conversation and if you're nodding your head and you're like oh my gosh i just like these these skills and tools are accessible to you and they become more accessible to you the more you have these conversations like part of this is just practicing at life and just making a commitment that I'm going to get curious around how to have those conversations and, and how to have integrity and, and how to show up and, and all of these different elements. And I mean, there's, there's places you can go. And I know you're a huge advocate and teacher of 
uh, many of these uh, skills as well. But I want people to know they're accessible. It's not like we were born in a family where all these tools were handed to to us. My, my dad used to say to me, it'd be funny because we'd be talking about a situation. I'm like, I don't know how to handle it. Or I'm really triggered by this. And like classic man, he'd be like, well, then just like get over it. Yeah. Be like, I know, but like, here's a complexity and matrix of feelings I have about this difficult conversation. And he would literally be like, just get over it and have a conversation. I'm like, okay. In hindsight, it was not helpful. Can I add something that's so important that I want people to think about as we kind of like sign off? And I think we can have a part two, because I think there's, there's so much that we can still say about this. Mm-hmm. We're trying to do our best in a short time, but I want to say something that I've really learned for myself this year. So not only have I learned a lot about myself as a leader in upholding these really incredible boundaries and contracts and how hard it's been for me to do that and what I've had to, who I've had to become to do that. But what I've also learned is that when I hire a mentor or when I work with other people and they have even higher standards than me, it raises me to that level. And I'll give you a, for instance, I'm working with a mentor right now who, who has even higher standards. And there was a situation that happened with us. We don't need to go into the details, but something happened. It, it wasn't a big deal, but she has these very firm boundaries around like, we can't even do a session until the payment has gone through on our end or something like that. And what happened was my team had sent the payment, but Stripe, there was a delay. So she didn't get the payment that day. And so we couldn't have our session that day. Now, if that was me three years ago, I would probably would have had an adult fucking temper tantrum because I wouldn't, I wasn't skilled in this, but because I've been working on my own boundaries and because I've been working on my own stuff, she said that to me. And I was like, no problem. You tell me when the payment goes through and we will reschedule. And she's like, Adele, the fact that you responded that way, I want to give you two extra weeks of coaching with me. When you treat people with that respect and dignity, and you realize that they're running their business in the highest and best good for them. And I was kind of like, no problem. I totally get it. P.S. I might enforce the same boundary for my business. I learned so much. Like the value that you will learn in just this is worth the price of admission for the whole program, if that makes sense. Like if you Mm -hmm. can learn from me, whoa, what are the boundaries Adele has in her business or from Megan? What are the contracts that they have? What do they add in their contracts? That's worth the money of the program. There's so many layers of observation and and learning and lenses uh, that you can pull through from these pieces. Okay, I want to uh, I want to leave you with one uh, last question in this spirit, and then I uh, will tell everybody where they can go to follow along in your adventure. Um, but what is the biggest non-negotiable for you in your life right now, besides flowers from your husband? <laughs> Oh my God, this one makes me want to cry. The biggest non-negotiable in my life right now is time with my family. Like like spending time with Dave and Elia. We went through such a hard, as you know, I've shared just my story with you. 2022 was the year where we challenged everything as a family. Like it was really hard in our marriage and we've come, we've turned full circle and we're so happy and we're starting a family and we're, we're actually continuing our family. But my biggest pr- priority is them. And so it's really had me look at running my business like a family first business and like how I prioritize myself and my family, because I do think that my family suffered a little bit because I put my business first for so long. And so I'm really learning to renegotiate what those having stronger boundaries actually requires stronger boundaries to be like, you don't just get unlimited access to me because my, my family comes first. So that's my non-negotiable. I love it. Totally brilliant. 
Adele Tavlin, where do we send people to follow along and learn all the things and enter your world? Follow me on Instagram. That's where I hang out the most. I love my Instagram. It's at Adele underscore Tevlin. And I'm sure people will find that in the show notes. And I share lots of great free stuff. And I've got a podcast. And like, there's so many things that you can access for free, free masterclasses, paid programs, all the things. But that's where I hang out a lot. I love it. We'll hook everyone up in the show notes, meganwalker.com forward slash podcast. Thank you, my friend. It's good to see you. Love you. Bye. Impact is what lives on when we leave the room, tuck them in or step off stage. It is less about what you do, more about how you make them feel and everything about how you choose to show up in the world. If you enjoyed this podcast, hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you are listening to this episode. I am your host, Megan Walker. Until next week, aim for impact.